Sometimes I wonder why I spend the lonely nights dreaming of a song, the melody haunts my reverie, and I am once again with you. When our love was new, and each kiss an inspiration, but that was long ago, and now my consolation is in stardust of song beside. The garden wall, when stars are bright, you are in my arms. The nightingale tells his fairy tale of paradise where Welcome roses to grew. Time, excuse me now. It is time Though now I for Hear Me Out with vain. guest Betsy Esparza. In my heart. They're always Hear Me Out is brought to you by Bird Street Books, your hometown independent bookstore. My stardust melody. When the driving directions involve the old stardust the sign west of Marfa, only good things can happen. I drove out to Marfa Meats Saturday afternoon to see if I could get a handle on what it means to start a meat processing plant from scratch. And I met with Christy Miller, the woman behind it all. It was dry and dusty, but the modular plant, moved in by truck and crane, gleams just off the highway. The final welds for the pens are almost complete. All that remains, and it's no small thing, is the electrical infrastructure being strung across the poles from the direction of town. Christy can see the progress daily. She is here with us now. Welcome. Thanks for having me. How close was the electricity when you left Marfa today? So uh, today was an amazing day because the contractors actually completed their work. Looks like we're going to have meters tomorrow. So it was a very exciting day. Very big. (laughs) Yep. That's great news. I'm sure that is great news for the whole of West Texas. Um, Go back a little. Tell us about yourself and what brought you to Marfa. Well, um, I first came through Marfa in 2015, and I was on my way somewhere else. I, <laughs> I was actually pretty <laughs> common <laughs> with an ex-boyfriend of mine, and we were pulling his sailboat to Houston from Denver. We decided to take the scenic route. Some friends of ours had bought a place down here, and so we just, you know, popped in for a night and really fell in love with it and decided to stay another night and another and long story short ended up buying land and building a house down here it's it's it, it does that <laughs> it happens you get to west texas and you you fall in love yeah so a, a meat processing plant will change lives in west texas for in a good way in a very good way this is huge how did that happen this is, I'm sure, I'm asking you to put a lot 
of information <laughs> in, a, in a really short amount of time. I think we could go on for hours here, but. Well, um, it evolved, I guess I would say. Um, I was working my day job, which is financial software consulting. That's what I did for a couple of decades. And so I was at the point where I was still traveling back and forth from Denver to Marfa, kind of living part-time both places because I could work from home. And so I love being here, but I wasn't really attached to the community in the way that I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And so I was always on the lookout for some possible idea. I'm a hustler in that way. Um, I've done, you know, a lot, a lot of random projects over the years. Um, and so I just was open-minded, I guess. And and then ultimately it was about food. I love eating. Right. It's one of my favorite so things to do. My life too. <laughs> and I just started poking around trying to figure out why with, you know, cattle everywhere you look, you couldn't get a steak. It's as simple as that, really. Right. And um, what changed you know, everything for me, though, was um, I was introduced by my friend Jeffrey to Ellery Often Garden because he's like, you know, you should maybe talk to a rancher. You're so interested in this and trying to figure out, you know, why you can't get what you want and what it would take to do it. He's like, talk to someone who's actually part of this industry. And um, and then really, I met Ellery. And now at the moment, I maybe didn't know my life had changed, but he changed my life because Meeting him and just like seeing what a huge spirit he was and how proud he was of what he did and what his family did and the animals that they raised. I was, I was just blown away by that love. And I wanted to be part of someone who was that big and important. And I just wanted to, I wanted to help him get his beef to the people. You know, that's what I want. I want to eat beef that's raised by someone like him and his family. Right. And so it was just it was just that. And then I'm, you know, I'm a project manager by trade. I was like, oh, well, it's just a different kind of project. I can get this done, right? You picked a big one. <laughs> you didn't, like, go buy a few cows and try to see what happened. You went full throttle here. There's no way to do it halfway. Right. I mean, it's a massive capital investment to do something like this. And... I, I just, you know, this is what it is. And I'm just taking the gamble that it's going to come to fruition, both, you know, when it comes to the custom exempt side of the business, hopefully serving the local folks out here that are raising their own li livestock and, you know, to make it easier for them to eat their own is huge. Um, but I mean, really, I want the the beef and, you know, really pork and lamb and, and, um, and goat from West Texas to be served on plates all over the country. So you've had to pieces. go through um, the bureaucracy of this. With yes, going getting USDA certified and what's what's that like? Well, um, I would say it seems like I'm sorry, I don't mean to. It seems <laughs> no, like okay. um, you think meat processing plant, which is an actual structure with a roof and walls and that kind of thing. And it's big and it's, and it's, and it is its own huge project, but it seems like the certification and going through the red tape is what really takes the time. Yeah. I mean, I was looking back at the paperwork the other day. I started the application with the USDA September last year. Right. And so it has been a long road. Um, 
ultimately, this maybe is boring for people, but I mean, what you have to do is you have to come up with a HACCP plan, which is a plan that allows you to identify potential risks and as much as possible, prevent them or mitigate them before they happen. Sure. And so building that kind of strong plan is what gets you over the finish line. It's not a, it's not a business that you can, um, can skimp on. Um, you have to be very detail oriented. You have to do things right. I mean, it's about food safety. Right. I mean, we want, it's, we want to make sure that people stay healthy. And so you have to follow all the rules. And so it's a pain. And I'm not a big fan of bureaucracy in any form, but in this particular respect, it's critical to, to safety. And, and so that's why you do it. So you told me Saturday you have some producers on the schedule. Yes. Already. And what does the timeline look like? So we started scheduling folks for um, Memorial Week, Memorial Day week, I think the week of the 31st. So I think we've got eight um, head of cattle scheduled that week, which I think is really exciting. Um, but our inspector is actually coming next week. So we will be able to get through some USDA cattle that'll be available for retail sale locally starting next week. So hopefully, you know, about two and a half weeks from now. So really close. Very close. Really close. Very close. So, and, and there's a, there, there's a couple of different ways that you can kind of go about this. If I, if I understood correctly, um, Someone who owns a cow could bring a cow to you to uh, slaughter for their family or someone who is uh, a bigger producer can come and go kind of more to to market. Is that I I don't even know that I'm saying this correctly. No, you're right. So there are um, there are two ways to to address that. So there's the custom exempt side of the house, which is your your former example of, you know, I own a cow. It's in my backyard. I'm feeding it and I want to fill my freezer that can be slaughtered under custom exempt status, Mm -hmm. which means an inspector does not need to be there during the slaughter and packaging process. Um, that's more what you see around here. I mean, Fort, um, Miller Meats in Fort Stockton is a custom exempt. Um, Nicholson's in Mertzen is custom exempt. So if you get your animal processed under custom exempt, um, it just means that you cannot legally sell that meat, um, onward. It's for your own use or donation. Whereas if you have your animal processed under USDA inspection, that affords you the ability to sell it anywhere in the U.S. Okay. So this is where it, we change lives, or we, I don't know, I, you. <laughs> but for people, for West Texans who have been um, producers who've been having to travel uh, to uh, hours and hours to get these cattle to market, we'll be able to do business in Marfa. Yeah, I mean, it, it opens the door. And um, so, you know, there are already some people that are operating um, now that take their meat to a, a Texas state inspected uh, Big Ben beef, for example, you know, that you can find some of their stuff at Blue Water. Um, you know, they have to take their stuff three and a half, four hours away to be processed. And so that's, that's time getting the animal right. to the processor and then going back again to pick it, the meat up a couple of weeks later. So you're saving a lot of time and gas. Um, and money. Yeah, 
for sure. Right. Yep. And you know, the other thing is it's like, I don't, I don't know yet all of the possible businesses that will spawn from this, from, from this one, from Marfa Meats. Um, but it's going to be interesting because I hope some producers will decide that they want to sell direct to consumer. I mean, there are some cool websites out there that I've just started to poke around on, like uh, Meetocracy, which allows producers to, you know, list what they have for sale and sell directly, you know, a whole cow or a half or a quarter. I mean, now with the USDA certification, if they get it processed under that, then they have the ability to do that. All over the country. They could. Yeah. Wherever they can get it, they can yep. sell it. Yep. And I mean, there's so much more too. It's like, you know, I got a call the other day from a woman who, you know, is looking to get blood to stain her floor. I got a <laughs> call from um, a doctor of optometry at the, at the University of Houston. They're like, can we get access to eyeballs? We need those for our, you know, tra- training our optometrists. Amazing. You know, there's so many interesting <laughs> conversations that I have. And I mean, I'm like, that's really what I want is highest and best use for everything we're doing here, you know? And so if, if, Processing USDA versus custom exempt is going to help the local producers to, you know, get a little extra money in their pocket, not just money saved, you know, to avoiding travel, but also being able to to sell. It opens doors for everyone, not just for us um, as a processor. I've got a few more questions, Martin. Is now a good time for a break? Sure thing. We'll take a break here. We'll be back right after this message from Front Street Books. Don't know much about the Big Bend National Park or the Big Bend in general? Front Street Books is the all-info source for the whole area. From birds to wildlife, geology and hiking, maps and guides to make your visit the most enjoyable, Front Street has it all. Alpine and the Big Bend have so much to offer everyone. Front Street Books endeavors to be a supporter of all things important in our area. Informative programs and interviews are so valuable for our community. It is a pleasure to support them. Front Street Books thanks all those that participate in these community efforts. We're back. Um, Christy, on Saturday, and this was the most interesting thing that you said to me on Saturday when we met. You said you hoped this would be a case study for rural areas around the country where producers are somewhat beholden to big-time processing plants. Um, that is exciting to me, that what is happening in Marfa um, could be kind of the basis for people all over America to say, you know what? We can do, we can do this. We can do this in our rural area, and it would be so beneficial to all of those producers. And you would know the names of the people that you're dealing with. That to me is the most exciting part. Yeah, I mean, I think this is where my um, nerdy business background comes in because I care so much about what I'm doing here. But I think the real win is if we say, okay, look, this is the model that we use. We're using these modular slaughter units. The benefit is it minimizes risk. If something goes terribly wrong, they can be picked up with a crane and sold somewhere else. That helps when it comes to capital investment, because then you can convince the banks that really they're funding equipment that could be resold. It's less risk for them. And so if we can be profitable, I think we're very easily setting a standard for what could happen other places. And we can be a part of what I really want to be a movement. Because I mean, not all meat that you buy at the grocery store is bad by any means, because, you know, gosh, I mean, animals that are raised out here end up in a giant feedlot and end up in the grocery store. But the problem is, it's hard to differentiate where they started, because they all end up in the same big mix, you know. So, um, you know, I just... 
Um, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> but basically, I mean, I think we can prove it and and then it changes for everybody to be part of this right. movement to provide an alternative. I guess that's ultimately it. Right. Like that there isn't an alternative to the huge meat packers in most places around the country anymore. I mean, I, th- I think I read it since the um, – I think it was like since the 60s, we're down over 50%. And with when it comes to local processors, right. they're closing. They're right. closing right and left. Um, aging infrastructure, um, lack of skilled employees, mm-hmm. which is why I'm so excited about this apprenticeship that we're working on, too. I mean, I think that being Tell part... about that. Well, so it's... Uh, it's in the works, um, but the idea is that we could bring folks in who are, I mean, hopefully very interested in becoming butchers, but we want to show them the entire cycle. So from how the animal is raised on the ranch to bringing it into the processing, um, working through the slaughter process. I know no one wants to talk about that, but that's how we get meat and to, you know, production and packaging. And then for us, since we're intending to compost all of our offal, that then leads to rich compost. And then we want to put a garden out there as well. So it's the whole cycle and getting someone to understand um, from birth of the animal to, um, you know, dealing with the byproduct that we're, you know, what it all looks like and how they can participate in. All of which is just part of the process. Right, right. Um, About how many jobs do you think you'll have? Well, so we right now, um, in addition to myself, we have four employees. Um, so we have two folks focused on the processing side and two on the slaughter side. They'll kind of flip back and forth um, a bit. Uh, but we have to grow very quickly. Um, I think right now with the staff that we have, uh, we really probably can't get through more than four animals a day. Um, but I think we're going to be very quickly adding on our current um, carcass cooler space will allow us to process 30 head a week, assuming we age them all for two weeks, which is the general plan for, for our, um, for our meat. Um, so yeah, we'll see. The other great benefit of these uh, modular units is they are prepped for growth. So if we wanted to add on another carcass cooler, there's already a cutout in the wall ready to go. We can get another one, plug it in, and that expands our capacity. So. The company, Freesla, says, you know, you could get 15 head a day through that system if you had enough cooler right. space or yeah. if you weren't interested in aging for that long. But that's that's a ways out, I would say. Is that uh, the goal? I don't know what the goal is. I think we need to just grow into this and um, and just, you know, see how our team grows. And I'm less concerned about... Um, I'm, what I'm really concerned about is uh, breaking even <laughs> and paying my loan payment, right. and it's a really stressful time right now. And I think once we get our feet undressed, then I'm going to have a little bit more bandwidth to be able to answer that question. Right. Um, but right now, I want to see the process through um, and be successful and ensure that we're providing a quality service and that we're treating the animals humanely. And then, you know, the numbers we can handle, as long as we prove we can do that, then we can talk about what it looks like a year from now. But right now I just, you know, hey, look, I just got the power on today. (laughs) (laughs) But that was a huge step. That was a huge step. Martin, I know you had some questions. Well, uh, Christine, I was just curious. Uh, how many cattle can you process in a day, or will you be when you first open up? 
So, I mean, I think right now we'll probably be max for a day when it comes to to cattle. But I mean, if we're going to do smaller species like hogs or lamb, it would be more. Okay. And then um, I'm just throwing this out here. Some folks who will will raise cattle that will only be grass fed and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. uh, There seems to be, there would be a market for that, I would think. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that there's a market for, for grass-fed cattle. Out here, it's pretty tough right now because no there's grass. not much grass. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of it is going to be education because when we're talking about sales online, I mean, we, we're not necessarily going to have consistent access to grass-fed cattle when we're in a period of drought. So trying to explain that to people is going to be maybe an interesting challenge for me. Well, but, yeah. I think one thing that you have going for you for sure is – a all over the country, if not the world, West Texas, when you think cattle, you're, you're visualized West Texas. And the fact that there's not a, uh, a processing plant in this Big Bend area is pretty amazing to begin with. It seemed like as many cattle there should be. So hopefully you're on the, ro- the road to something that uh, these ranchers uh, will like. And I'm guessing other than uh, Mr. Offengarden, you had spoken to other ranchers too, or have you had any ranchers come in? you know, pick your brain about this or show an interest. Yes. In? Yeah. Well, you know, Ellery was my connection to, to so many, oh, for he so many, pro- yeah, yeah, so many producers yes. here. And so thanks to him, you yeah. know, I met a lot of people and just, you know, at this point, I, I I'm just lucky that uh, they, I've still got their ear. Yeah. No, I, th- <laughs> I, I ask think- a lot of dumb questions. <laughs> well, I would think just in the fact with the number of ranches around here, just for their own uh, in-house use, they would use the, the slaughter services because yeah, of that's feeding what, their own employees and their own families, for that matter. Yeah, sure. yeah, that's what we're hoping. You know, and then I think that uh, maybe some uh, up and coming business person will think of it, think of uh, promoting and selling uh, these West Texas meats over on sites like Gold Belly and things like that. Uh, I don't know that one, but I mean, we do have our own website, so. I have to cool. say, right? Sure. www.marfamedes.com. Yes. Cool <laughs> so hat. Cool we will be uh, selling online to local folks and and any anyone right. in the U.S. Right. So we'll we'll do that as well. But yeah, but also leaves the door open for other people oh, to, have to a do the same. Absolutely, to use your services. And, Absolutely, uh, I think that's where I think yeah. you'll prosper for that. Just being able, yeah. to, you know, with the, with the cost of, uh, and I think. Uh, uh, Becky mentioned this earlier, but the distances that these ranchers have to go to take animals to market, whether it's San Angelo to Mertzen or Fort Stockton, that, that can get pretty expensive. And if there's someone in Marfa a lot closer, uh, that's a great asset for those. I sure hope so, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I think you've got an exciting project here. It, uh, and uh, the folks in Marfa have been behind you? Yeah, it's incredible how much support that I've received from the very beginning. I mean, I kind of joke about it. I mean, how many startups are you getting calls six months before you open? Like, hey, I've got a cow. (laughs) Can you help me out? I'm like, not yet. Um, But yeah, I mean, we've been keeping a list of everyone we talked to over the last, you know, six months or so. And now I'm on the now I'm on the phone with everyone. Hey, did you get that? Uh, did you get that cow process? Can I get you on the schedule? So, well, hopefully, maybe you can work something out with the school systems for the livestock shows and stuff like sure. that. Yeah, because, uh, there's just there's all sorts of benefits here that just when you start I, thinking through it. I constantly mention that to survive out here, you have to fill a void, and that's if you, I think you may have found a void, and if you fill it, and if uh, you'll have something successful here. That's right, so. and in the end. 
as we talked about at the beginning, it's all about when I eat and if I can get a steak from a producer whose name I know. Oh, I think it would just be great to have the right. fact that it, it was it, it's grown here, slaughtered here, and you're coming out here. And, you, and again, I think people will, whether it be they try to grow their beef to be like Kobe beef or whatever type of specialized beef, they can they can do that and and have the uh, uh, the facilities and uh, they can control their own prices because there's small amounts, especially in the beginning. So uh, sure. there's a lot of there's a lot of good things happening for for other businesses to to spawn off of this. Yeah, creating opportunities. Yeah, you're, right. You are. You are. Absolutely. So well, good luck on this. We wish you Thank nothing you. but the best, and I'm sure we'll be customers. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Christy, thanks for coming. Yeah, thank you very much. And that was Betsy Esparza with Christy Miller from Marfa Meats. Uh, Christy, one more time, give us that uh, email address or the uh, website. It's, yep, it's uh, marfameats.com. Okay, marfameats.com, nice and easy. Sometimes I wonder why I spend the lonely nights dreaming of a song, the melody haunts my reverie, and I am once again with you. Our love was new. The source in the Big Bend for live and local news, weather, sports, and the Big Bend's best mix. K92.3.